Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show which connects East and West. My name is Jason, host of The Bridge, radio show and podcast, and co-hosting with me today is Alex. Hello, everybody. I am Alex. I will try my best to match that passion from Jason. I am together with Jason in different places, but we're both in very beautiful Beijing, China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. So I read a bunch of articles in the last couple of weeks where they're literally debating the merits of child labor in the United States. Uh, so I think this is ridiculous. Firstly, like what's I want to start. A, yeah. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Didn't we do away with this like a hundred years ago in the United States? Right. What is going on where this is even being fathomed? So I think we need to start off by, you know, establishing that this is this is real, that this is happening, that firstly, that before we talk about the potential legal ramifications, legal changes uh, that may be coming that certainly I hope are not, Mm -hmm. let's talk about that there are child labor violations in the U.S. So I want to start with the Guardian article, February 17th, underage child labor working slaughterhouse investigation, over 100 children illegally employed by U.S. slaughterhouse cleaning firms. So 100 children between the ages of 13 mm. and 17. Now, I get it. There there are 16 and 17-year-olds in some jobs and limited capacities, but 13, 14, and 15-year-olds is, I mean, a whole other issue. So uh, this state's in which children were employed by this slaughterhouse cleaning fl- firm when they clean really dangerous objects are Arkansas, Colorado, Indiana, Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Tennessee, Texas. That's I'm quite a feel. Shocked. I mean, did you have a job as a child, Alex? No, my only job was to complete my homework, which I did have a little problems with, but that's about it. I was never. Oh, wait, it wasn't a job, but we went to help as part of school. What we call it mm-hmm. field work week where we try to work something at a do something sell Hmm. send out flyers to people and then we go back to school and that week we don't have to go to school and then we go back to school we organize Hmm. a report um you know in america we like to pride ourselves as a culture that kids do have you know tasks and jobs so firstly you know household chores but then Hmm. secondly i think a classic is the paper route where kids get up like really really early and they pass out newspapers from home to home this job is increasingly done by adults now Hmm. with cars instead of kids in the classic movies in the 1950s and 60s on bicycles or walking around really fast. So, uh, you know, it's it's not like children shouldn't have responsibilities, but cleaning the tools in a slaughterhouse is not the same thing as having a paper route. And that's like the most ridiculous kind of job you would offer a child. I mean, my school, my high school was, um, I think my high school is awesome. It's not just about mm. the, the, the the grades and scores. They also set up a lot of programs for younger kids in high school, you know, 15 to 17 to 18 year olds mm-hmm. to go and see what society is really like. And they take us to, you know, this hospice to also take care of like, like visit um senior citizens Mm -hmm. and then like i said every semester we have one week where we didn't have to go to school Mm. and you could pick whatever project you want to do or the school will help you set up something that you can go experience 
And I think that's the key word here. Like we can give kids a lot of opportunities to experience mm-hmm. what it is like in the real world, mm-hmm. in the real world as a working person, mm-hmm. but not actually sending kids to do work right. and making money for themselves if they ever get paid. And then cleaning tools in a slaughterhouse. This is like, I'm sorry, but this sounds like some <laughs> like Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of like you know, premise or something's going to happen. Wow, yeah, Who yeah, would yeah. do that? Who would do that? Like, oh, you're 13. You look adorable. Come and clean that chainsaw for me in the slaughterhouse. <laughs> wow. So, um, you know, I had the same experience as you, Alex. Like, mm-hmm. I was a kindergarten teacher a couple years ago. We were in Wuhan, and we took the kids out, you know, kindergarten, five, six-year-olds, to a farm where they were harvesting various things, including, like, uh, strawberries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the kids spent, like, 30 minutes or whatever, like, picking strawberries in a basket, and they got to take them home and stuff. Or you know, we picked some vegetables, and then we handed them over to yeah. a chef who served uh, lunch to all of the kids, made out of stuff that they harvested. This is not the same as... Quote, according to court documents, a 14-year-old child who worked at a Nebraska facility from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m., five to six days a week, Mm. uh, and clean machines used to cut meat. Another child, he fell asleep after missing class and suffered severe injuries as a result of chemical burns. So uh, this isn't the same as like taking a week to go, you know, work on a farm as like a high school student. No, this is uh, totally different. This is this is labor. This is like dangerous labor. And, you know, adults get injured in under circumstances like that with with all of our you know, fear and our knowledge about how to be safe and our, our you know, our additional strength. Yep. I'm sure that 13-year-old ha- does not have near the strength of like, a full-grown Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I'm pretty strong. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> apparently there's a 37% increase in the year uh, 2022, just in the United States, in child labor law violations across the country mm-hmm. with at least 688 children working in dangerous conditions. That's just what they, you know, the, the Department of Labor discovered and stopped. That doesn't mean that that's all that's out there either. Exactly. There are probably more that we don't know mm-hmm. of. So, I mean, trying to remember, you know, my I want to I be fair here to what's going on. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my dad would take me out like Saturday morning mornings or you know maybe the whole day even sometimes and he i was like i don't know 10 or 11 mm. he'd give me 10 bucks for the day or whatever to go with him mostly i sat in the truck but sometimes i would do work mm. i would like you know go sweep the the area or whatever and like take away you know uh, dangerous things like nails and stuff i would sweep them up and put them in a big pile somewhere mm-hmm. you know i never i don't remember getting injured ever but it wasn't like this this is not the same thing as having like a full-time job at 13 14 15 exactly. years old and like basically in la- laboring in, under intensive conditions and potentially getting very seriously injured yeah so i think like americans have this notion that kids can learn about work like what you're talking about taking this week to go and investigate what it's like to you know be a blue collar worker Mm. and have that experience so that you can absorb that as part of your knowledge and maybe maybe you do grow up and that's what you do yeah you know like that and that's actually you know you know i think in uh, germany they have a split program where some kids go to like uh you know i don't know what to call it so i'll call it nerd school so learn about like (laughs) play-doh and the other kids go they like they get an internship at the local bank or as a plumber or whatever and then they learn how to do uh uh, you know a job that's useful to society and then they go off and do that not to say that being a nerd isn't useful yeah well definitely (laughs) 
You're listening to The Bridge. So apparently now, this is quote. This is a quote from the same Guardian article. Quote: Now there are states that want to go back toward that direction to deal with labor shortages by using teens, even to the extent of placing them in dangerous work environments. It doesn't make sense. It's disregarding their welfare. This is according to Reed Mackey, director of child labor issues and coordinator mm. at the Child Labor. Coalition. So there are states in the United States who, that are considering passing laws to make it legal oh God. for children to work longer hours with less regulation in these kinds of conditions. I can't really believe that this is a real conversation that is taking place. I know. In today's day and age. In yeah, I think it's really, I'm wondering because I don't, I'm not a lawyer. But is it is there a federal law? And I guess you don't know the answer either. Mm. This is for our listeners. Are there federal laws out there that would protect children from states passing laws? So like if, say, Arkansas, no offense, Arkansas, or Alabama, no offense, Alabama. Mm. If they pass a law that says kids are allowed to work 40-hour work weeks and, you know, without oversight from the age of 14 or something, are there federal laws that would stop them from doing that? Or is, can Alabama just pass mm. whatever law it wants to pass vis-a-vis child labor? That's very troubling. To me. It is. And, you know, now that we're talking about this topic, I did think about, I did remember, you know, when I was living in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, or even just in general in the United States, mm-hmm. I feel like my friends are always talking about working a part-time job and all of that. That's okay. You know, I think that's great when you go to college, you, you take on a part-time job, you could mm-hmm. support yourself and help lower the, reduce the burden of your future student loans, which we've covered extensively on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do know people like I was hanging out with a lot of dancers and, you know, young artists who didn't either have the money or the support or resources to go to college. They had to start working at probably 16, 17, and they worked their way through to their early 20s mm-hmm. as just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, waitresses or, or chefs or not even chefs, like, you know, bus boys mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. cleaning the dishes. And it's it just feels a little more common. But I think because uh, either high school, like, you know, like high schoolers sometimes are mm-hmm. encouraged to, to go deliver papers or, or, you know, deliver pizzas, you know, you get some cash. Mm-hmm. I feel like because Pizza. it's such a common thing that... That the certain group of people who are actually being exploited by illegal use of child labor are kind of overlooked. And they're like, well, you can do this. Why not? But mm-hmm. there's always a line of how young can you push the age to be? If the 16-year-old can do it, can a 15-year-old mm-hmm. do it? Then what's the difference between a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old? Wow. And of course, I mean, of course, this is kind of like, this is a little extreme in, in its way of, of analyzing this. But still, I just feel like a way to look at this is that just because a lot of kids have the choice to take on some work to make some cash money pocket cash we shouldn't overlook the fact that there's still kids who are forced mm-hmm. to make a living when they're supposed to still be in school or at least not being um, labored like they are mm-hmm. right now well i mean that, that, all that makes sense to me i also want to say that i think it is okay for you know 16 and 17 year olds to have minimally you know uh very simple work that's like not too hard and not extensive hours when i was 17 i'd already finished high school and i worked at subway sandwiches and salads and i think i worked I, I, there was mm. a cap. I was in California. I don't remember exactly what it was because this was almost well. This was this was a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, how long? How long are we talking about, uh-huh. Jason? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but at the t- I, I think I was working like twenty or twenty five hour 
hours a week or something like that. And that was the cap. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't work all the time. And then at 18, I was able to work more. So it was easy. I was making sandwiches and sweeping and like cleaning stuff. It was really simple work. It wasn't dangerous. You know, there were knives there, but like it was... I, it wasn't, they weren't really dangerous. I think I did cut myself a couple of times, but it's not, you know, a big deal. Yeah. Like, you know, I was just making sandwiches and like I'd worked minimal hours and I think that kind of thing is okay. But when you're talking, okay, here's another example. Reuters.com. Uh, this is the title of the article. Uh, for, this is very recent. Uh, child workers found throughout Hy- Hyundai Kia supply chains in Alabama. This is from February, 2023. And apparently uh, kids have worked at many, as half a dozen additional manufacturers throughout the automaker's supply chain in the southern U.S. state, including a 14-year-old Guatemalan girl Mm. who was assembling auto body parts. Mm. So 14-year-olds working in Alabama, immigrants. So this is, you know, a lot of people know, I think, in the United States that immigrant children work on farms and things. Yeah. And there's not enough outrage. Uh, Here's another. This is from the same article. The new News follows a Reuters report in July, I guess that was July 2022, mm-hmm. that revealed the use of child workers, one as young as 12, by Smart Alabama LLC, a Hyundai subsidiary. So apparently, Hyundai has a bad tra- track record with mm-hmm. kids. 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds are working in very dangerous conditions on auto body component parts. This is just ridiculous this is not having a job at mcdonald's for like 20 hours a week yeah that's and the 12 year i just when i hear 12 year olds i'm just they're babies to me you know when you see a 12 year old they act like they could know they could talk about stuff but they're still (laughs) cute little kids and it's just hard it's really hard for me to imagine like you could even if we put we shouldn't we should never put morals aside but even if you could put morals aside and just argue the capabilities of a 12 12 year old and an 18 year old yeah right but it's like what's the wrench go get a wrench what's that <laughs> like exactly exactly they're 12 years old yeah like, and they're like oh a hammer there's sharp side to the hammer oh, oh gosh <laughs> well unless that's a ball peen hammer but alex we have talked about uh, as recently as a few months ago mm. that there are labor shortages in the u.s in terms of people don't want to work in certain jobs anymore yeah so like maybe is this a solution having kids do the jobs that adults refuse to do so now some restaurants are like well we don't pay enough so no one wants to work for us anymore they don't want to be yelled at by their clientele because you know being a waitress or waiter you know a server is really hard not because you have to serve people fast that's hard too but it's also some people are disrespectful they don't leave you a tip they they call you names they people are oh my God. M- multiple people are calling out for you even though you're trying to get your work finished because maybe the restaurant or the the employment didn't hire enough people to do the job in the first place and then you're making minimum wage and in some cases in some states you make below minimum wage because they're calculating your tips that you may not end up getting as part of your income so then people are like okay i'm not going to work for you so now it looks like in some states restaurants are looking at kids and saying well they could do it is this the right way to go alex if anyone ever 
even contemplates this as a possible solution. Oh, I'm in trouble. No, the only person that's allowed to do this to think about this is Gordon Ramsay, who makes it into a show and makes these kids a lot of money. Is it called Kids? Show? Oh my gosh, they have a kids version of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, it wasn't Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen would be. Oh, was it Hell's Kitchen? It was Kitchen Nightmare. I don't. I don't know. No. Oh, it's called. Know. It's it's called Master Chef Junior. And it's it's an amazing show, but that's the only time in that's the only occasion, time and place in this entire world where it's okay for the kids to work in a kitchen. I hope there's like a lot of safety people because they got big knives, you got blenders, you got fire from the stove, you got hot plates. So they just gave kids like a TV show. I I don't know. This sounds there, like okay. Well, you don't know. There's Master, Master Chef Junior. Wow. There's Chopped Junior. There's um my goodness. There's that designing designing contest um project. Runway Junior, and then there's Dancing with the Star Junior. I Project um, Runway. That means like modeling. I always thought it was kind of gross when you know moms dress up their little girls and like yeah. super like Barbie makeup and like these weird big frilly dresses, and then yeah. serve them up as like models at six years old. What the heck is that? But Project Runway. It should be illegal. Yeah, Project Runway though is uh is a designing show, so it's like kid kid designers going on oh, it. So yeah, so it's okay. re- actually really fun. So they they're using creative. Yes. And and their their designing abilities and that's that's the thing. First off, going back to circling back to to Jason's mm. original question, I just I can't believe if anyone within their right mind would think that this would solve problems. This is like what's a good n- analogy for this? This is saying Alex is hungry, but I am going to um, like Jason knows Alex is hungry, and then Jason's gonna go to a restaurant. <laughs> that that'll solve Alex's hunger problem. It's not, it's not, and it's absolutely ridiculous and doesn't make any sense for people to even think about. Are there people who actually think this is a real solution or it could be in some way? Well, apparently because some owners are doing this. This is from NPR 2022 December. So this is a couple months back. McDonald's franchise owners are caught violating child labor laws. So a Not co- McD's. Oh, no. <laughs> More than 100 teenagers in McDonald's in the Pittsburgh area, U.S. Department of Labor said on Monday, are using illegally scheduled 14 and 15-year-old employees to work mm. too many hours or late shifts at 13 of its restaurants. So if oh, this is just in Pittsburgh, you have to extrapolate out what other cities did the U.S. Department of Labor not catch it? Definitely not only in Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. It's not just like, like, well, only in Pittsburgh this is happening. Obviously, there must be locations throughout the United States where the labor of children is being uh, used when clearly this is not an appropriate Definitely. I mean, solution. again, we know that there are kids who want I don't to- want a 14-year-old making my food either. You know, they don't... I'm worried about... Have they really... Un- they understand to wash their hands and stuff, right? <laughs> like, it's like you know, as an adult, you realize at some point, and your hygiene improves. Like fourteen-year-olds, I don't really want food prepared by them. Even psychologically speaking, right? When people enter workforce, the first thing you need to do, and as much as people hate to think about that idea, the first and most important thing you need to do at a workplace, no matter how much they advocate their freedom or their, you know, whatever, we let the employees be their own owners or their own I can't say masters is the wrong that's the wrong word to say but you could be yourself at this company mm. as much as they hate to admit it the real thing they need to follow is the rules of the company and if you think about teenagers 
the last thing they want to do <laughs> follow rules is to follow rules they're at the most rebellious age of their I have to wash my hands their entire time I go really? to the bathroom you're saying my <laughs> hands are not clean i am not, i'm wearing gloves you know like all of those things and, and i love 14 year olds i'm mean, trust me my 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 dear dear friends john and charles's daughter hmm. Just turned 14 love. We love her. Let's get her a job. I mean, we did put her in a restaurant. She's a very working 40 hours a week. She's a very, very talented young artist. She's such an amazing young artist. But even though we're like, Delilah, we're going to wait until you're 18 and then we're going to hire you to work for the Mm. work on our animation project. She could clean like, you know, uh, hazardous chemicals in factories. Oh, my God. I know. And then working like 14 hours per day. That's so that's so wrong. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Just to establish, this is happening in the United States. This is ubiquitous. This is happening in cities across uh, the United States and various places. So we have, we had examples of a, of chemical cleaning in a slaughterhouse. We have examples of fast food. We have examples of Hyundai Kia suppliers. We've talked about multiple states. So it is happening and it's happening, happening at much, much lower ages, including like 12, 13, and 14, than people would anticipate mm. in very, very extreme conditions. And a lot of it revolves around mm. immigrants. But I want to talk about something slightly yeah. different. Now, you know, like there are actually um, people who think it's okay that we change the laws so that this becomes legal. This is from The Guardian, February 11th, 2023. It's just crazy. Republicans attacked U.S. child labor laws as violations rise. Now, I'm not attacking Republicans. I've said on this show, I am not a Democrat. I am not a Republican. But this is the name of the article. And apparently, there are people who do think and are contemplating that laws should be changed so that kids can work. Um, So the laws aim, this is from the article, to to expand permissible work hours, broaden the types of jobs young workers are permitted to do. And this is the part that really trouble is troubling. Shields employers from liability for injuries, illnesses, or workplace oh my God. fatalities involving very young workers. So it's not, you go to work at the slaughterhouse and you accidentally lose some fingers. They want to they want to make it so that the employer was well, you know, that 15 year old I can't. was not using that facility properly. And then they, oh my gosh, it's just, it's crazy. It's so beyond comprehension that this is written like this. Like someone would, or not even someone, sorry, pardon me. A group of people would blatantly put this down as written text saying, we're going to change the law so that the employers are no longer responsible or liable for any of the things that could happen, which are legal rights to Hmm. adult employees and their workplaces. But, oh, hey, they're kids. We don't have to worry about them. So let's make it. What? (laughs) Am I reading? this wrong Jason? i'm as shocked as you i don't actually i have a feeling that these laws are not going to pass but if they do we'll have to come back and revisit this because i already firstly thought this that no one would introduce a law like this but i also just don't you would think I, like a normal yeah, exactly. human being I also yeah. right now can't imagine that this kind of thing will get passed so if it does then we're gonna have to really revisit what is going on in the united states of america so in iowa this is from the article two legislators introduced a bill in January, that's I guess 2023, to expand the types of work for 14 and 15 year olds Mm -hmm. would be permitted to do as part of approved training programs, extend 
allowable work hours and exempt employers from liability if these oh young gosh. workers are sickened, injured, or killed on the job. So they're literally passing bills, calling it training, but then exempting employers from if there's an injury or a death. And this is from uh, Charlie Wishman, president of the Iowa mm. AFL-CIO. It's just crazy to me that we are relitigating a lot of things that seem to have been settled 100, 120, or 140 hmm. years ago. Um, and I mean, I think I'm just as shocked as this gentleman, Charlie. Because you, oh God, I, I felt so lucky when I was working at the state house in uh, Massachusetts state house as a reporter, hmm. a student reporter back then. Most of the bills that we were reporting, we're covering on are, are really, really good bills. You know, bills that protect mm -hmm. rights of domestic workers, because sometimes mm -hmm. they, they're mm -hmm. not working under the most contractual conditions. But where was this again? We're saying where? Massachusetts. This is Ma Massachusetts in mm -hmm. Boston. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Sometimes, as, for example, there's one bill that people are really trying to advocate for the rights of domestic workers. Like, even if I didn't sign a contract with the employer, because sometimes it's just, you know, hired on the go and there's no contract in place. But the rights of these people from like people are trying to mm -hmm. legislators are trying to protect domestic workers from being mm -hmm. injured, from getting sick or or even, you know, worse scenarios. And these they're trying to do things this way. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the other the other bills that are being passed around. They're saying, well, if we employ someone, if they die on the job, it's not your responsibility. We're going to try to pass that. And and you're saying that you you you're sh you're shocked. I am shocked. And and apparently the gentleman you just quoted in the article was beyond shocked as well. But I don't know if you because I was looking I was looking up some information online and I don't I don't know if you knew about this, but there is this convention on the rights mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the children is shortened as CRC and it's passed at the UN conference mm -hmm. in 1989 and it went into mm -hmm. effect in 1990. And, you know, mm -hmm. up until this point. Which country hasn't been part of the, the convention? Um, no, I don't want to call out any country. It's the United States. So, you know, it's very strange because the United States doesn't pass a lot of these conventions. I'm wondering why that is. Yeah. So kind of the ironic thing is this convention was actually passed in at like in New York, you know, at the UN. Mm. And back then, the representative of the United States actually planned to like we're saying he said, OK, we're going to join the convention. Mm. But apparently for any convention to be observed and executed in the United mm -hmm. States, it has to be agreed by two-thirds of the Congress. Oh, wow. And that has never, apparently the Congress has never reached that proportion for America to actually execute, observe, and be officially um, parts of the convention. Well, I mean, I don't mean to single the United States out um, a too much, but, you know, the United States population is four or five percent of the world. So if the UN is passing these uh, conventions and they're affecting most of the countries throughout the world, at least... As a planet, we're going in the right direction. That's true. That's true. I mean, most of the there's a lot of countries that are already mm. part of the convention, and they're still working tirelessly to try to include countries that they haven't reached, which is which is great. And I I think for something that's not just the laws, and of course, in other countries, in China and other countries, there are laws to protect mm. children from child labor. But if there is a a different international organization convention that oversees these problems, that kind of in a way it stops the possibility of a local government or, or any federal government of a country to kind of just go against it. It's like a pair, like mm. eyes that are watching you guys. You know, you have to, you didn't just make promise to your own people. You're also making promises to the United Nations or any other 
overarching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. international organizations. But, you know, the political mm-hmm. systems are, are different in each country. Sometimes things don't get um, observed and it's because of that. But again, I really think internally mm-hmm. bills like the ones that we're talking about today, they just shouldn't come forth in the first place. Well, I mean, I'm I'm also hoping that your experience in Massachusetts um it says that this is not a trend in the United States. This is happening in isolated states because there are 50 states. So if 10 states propose it, something like this, and we could name a bunch of states in a row, it sounds really bad. But still, it's a, again, it's a minority of locations where these kinds of laws are being yeah. proposed. So I'm hoping that this is a hiccup on a trend in the other direction. You know, speaking of Massachusetts, this is from Marcy Goldstein-Gelb, co-executive director of the National Council for Occupational Safety and Health. She talks about oftentimes in violation of child labor laws that industry groups have fought to repeal. For example, a 16-year-old in Massachusetts was killed in the year 2000 while operating a golf cart on the job. So it does look like... Oh. Oh God. And, and it goes on, Gelb, Gelb notes that young workers have a much higher rate of uh, non-fatal injuries on the job and the highest rate of injuries that require emergency department attention. So if you're running, I don't know what you're running. I, I don't want to call out a restaurant. You're running a, an establishment, a workplace. If you hire a kid, you're going to have a much higher probability of having that uh, employee mm. become injured. So this is going to disrupt the flow of your work. And it's also going to increase, you know, insurance costs. So I think businesses should very carefully reconsider because they may not want to hire children. It may actually be yeah. bad for business because there's a much higher, uh, much higher rate of non-fatal injuries on the job and the highest rates of injuries that require emergency department attention. This is not something that's going to go over well for your establishment when everyone's dining and suddenly they carry out a 16-year-old because they're bleeding from some part of their body, it's it's going to be bad for business. Definitely. I feel like we've been talking about this from the perspective of employers, whether they want to be responsible or not want to be responsible. And I know, I've, and I've heard this as well, that young people, younger people, teenagers, you know, late teens especially, they're like, we could do things just as well or we could actually do this or because we can't. You know, we can't exclude the possibility that the some of the young kids, they do want to enter workforce a little mm-hmm. earlier. But again, there are people who are like, you know, we don't like school. We don't want school. And we want to enter workforce early because I don't think, you know, even in China, like, you don't. not everybody has to go to the actual mm-hmm. high school that prepares you for the college entrance exam and go to college. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel like you're someone who's just into books and academics, and mm-hmm. all of that. Yes, you can go to a vocational school that's set for younger people. But even mm-hmm. in those vocational schools, you have to stay until you're 18 um, mm-hmm. or 19 to, to actually go work. And then you're going to be learning all of these things. You're going to have apprenticeships, but you can't you're not like really working in a factory for like eight hours, 10 hours every day. Mm-hmm. And I understand there are going to be young kids who think like we can just do the same. Like we could do things 22 year olds are doing. Why are you stopping me from doing that? Because, you know, mm-hmm. that is that kind of self um, recognition is it's is appraised and, and encouraged. And I think it's important for the development of a younger person. But what we're saying is 
when you're still young, there are things that still need to be learned and things that you just didn't know as well. And it doesn't mean you're not capable. It's just, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a numbers game. You know, when you are, when you've only known the society for five years, no matter how smart you are, there are more things out there for you to know. And then when you don't know as much, you just have a higher chance of, like we said, you either get physically injured or you get um, taken advantage of. So there's just so many things like that's why we call them minors because they're they are mm. vulnerable in a lot of ways. And this has nothing to do with how strong of a person mm-hmm. you are. And that's something that kids, you know, when we're I think when we're talking about this, I want to put that forward as well, because it's not just like older kids. We can't let them work without. I'm any... stronger than Alex. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> so, but... I was pretending to be a child. But... <laughs> exactly. Jason's only 15. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we know that you want to do that and you you can do it for like three, four hours um, as an experience, like we said. But actually, I was going to ask just a lot of things. It's interesting yeah. that you brought that up because, you know, in China, I don't see kids working I don't ever see that. It's always, you mm. know, honestly, like I see a lot of people in the middle ages working, especially with the carting things to, to you know, uh, round town kind of jobs. But in restaurants, a lot of the time, the places I go, they're like really older people working. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know, I yeah. know the retirement is supposed to come at like 50 for women or 60 for men. But I see a lot of older people working, you know, in, in China. In Be- my, I've only lived in Beijing yeah. and Wuhan and I've traveled to maybe 10 or 20 cities. But like I never, I Humble never brag see, much, Jason. I didn't think that was that much. I know I, there's Fernando. This gentleman was on the show. He's been to almost every city in China. That's insane. So like I'm just, get, I'm just getting started. I've only been to like uh, less than ten provinces, yeah. and there's got to be what twenty something provinces plus a bunch of you know, yeah. I don't, I don't know what they're even called, yeah, territories and things. So yeah, I want to visit everywhere in China. Anyways, I way off point. Uh, I never see kids working. So is what is the rule about kids working in China? Do you know? I mean, I kids are i'm not sure about the exact hmm. um age i've seen i've seen little kids working in china but in like very remote little towns and then a lot of the times it's um for example it's like the parents are running a restaurant and then the kids are out right. there it's they're like son go bring this food out i have some videos of this one kid who was helping his parents because they they run a little like fried noodle stand on the street right Mm -hmm. that's their that's their living and then he was helping them prep all of the ingredients and the the, how fast he does it people are like oh wow that's you know it's, it's it's great but it's also a little sad that at such a young age he has to um, help his parents with their with their living, mm-hmm. with their business almost. But I think, like you said, it's not that often. It's really like I don't, at least in bigger cities, you don't see, you don't really see like young employees that are 15 year olds. You don't see yeah, that. I think there's a misconception in the West about uh, child labor in China because I hear a lot of like weird jokes about it. And I'm like, I don't think that's the case at all. Mm. So uh, it really kind of troubles me when I see, yeah. you know, comedians in the west making jokes about that because it looks it looks very seriously like I know. the united states is the one with the problem it's very misleading as well because for a lot of people and, and like speaking of comedy and i love this like i love i love comedy i love a lot of the comedians but and, and i know that we should never turn a comedy for <laughs> facts knowledge opinions so everyone stop watching bill maher no, seriously, like don't like <laughs> watch bill maher but don't think like you know don't change the way you look at life because of that or, or the, you know that you can but you shouldn't like if you took some information from a comedy show and then it didn't work well 
you know, it didn't work out well for you. That's not, you can't blame the comedian for that, you know. But I will say that on certain TV shows where comedy is a very culturally specific Hmm. art form. A lot of the times, and I'm not saying people who like comedy are not as international, but majority of the audience who watch, for example, who are super like loyal, huge fans of Chinese comedy, probably don't care too much about either, you know, English comedy or whatever, because it's so close to their everyday life. That's so specifically to the piece of land they're living on. And I think it's the same for the United States. Meaning if you say a joke like that, that's all they're going to know about China. It's like, oh, they use kids to work. (laughs) You're listening to The Bridge. I wanted to uh, point at an organization that is, in fact, advocating for child labor, increasing, I guess the term is rolling back child labor regulations. So this is the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Naughty, naughty, you've been bad. Mm. Apparently, they are, in fact, advocating for legislative efforts to roll back child labor regulations, and they have strongly backed this process. So in response, there is an organization called Child Labor Coalition, Mm. and the director, Reed Mackey, has argued that And to go the opposite direction, I guess this is more of your Massachusetts experience where uh, Mackey thinks that the U.S. needs to strengthen and update its child labor laws, including closing loopholes so that younger workers uh, are younger, sorry, younger people, I guess, should not be able to work unlimited hours as young as 12 in agricultural industry with parental parental permission. So, wow, I guess this does exist if they're trying to stop this. So I guess there are laws that allow 12-year-olds to work unlimited hours in agriculture with parental permission. So this is maybe why we see a lot of immigrant labor in the United States where there are kids there, kids present, because maybe it's not even illegal in the United States. I mean, it's one thing to help out your family, you know, because I don't Mm – I mean, for example, if I had a kid and, like, my family's really struggling, I don't want my kid to just sit on the couch all day and not Mm -hmm. help, you know, and my – you know, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. kid, majority of the kids are great kids and they see their parents struggling. They're going to try to help. But making it like written in law that you could have them work for facilities or whatever, Unlimited farms or whatever. Limited hours. That's insane. That's insane. And and so in China, um, I think even though in law, I think it writes that you could... The youngest age that you're allowed to work is 16. Mm-hmm. Most people would still be very, very careful because, like I said, there are places, for example, in some like less developed rural areas, there are just no teaching resources and people or people just want to help out their family. Like I said, if they want to help out their family at the age of 16 or 17, sure, you know, they could have the right to work, mm-hmm. but they have to abide by like you can't just because, oh, they're young, they have energy. We're going to work at work them tirelessly mm-hmm. and and not put any regulations on it but like 16 is such it's such a bottom line already like mm-hmm. i feel mm-hmm. like if you go below that 12 year old shouldn't be part of a labor law yeah i agree 12 year olds shouldn't be working unlimited hours in agricultural work that's they shouldn't be working they could help out their family they could have fun they could try to help out mommy and daddy I just, that's it wow okay so um this is these are this is data from this article mm. um 300 to 500,000 Miners work in the U.S. agricultural industry annually, uh, and 48% of all fatalities 
happened in for young workers happened between 2001 and 2015 in the agricultural industry. So uh, clearly, Mackey is right. The United States needs to change these laws. So I don't think I don't think it's not okay. I mean, there are family there. We have to be, uh, mm. in my opinion, mm. this is just my opinion. I don't mean to dispute anything that, you know, some families yeah. are agriculturally, uh, ba- they're bound to yeah. the land in some way, in ways that us city folk don't understand fully. Yeah. So there's maybe if, if you're working with your parents being supervised and, and everything is like copacetic or whatever, yeah. maybe, you know, 20, 20 hours or something in addition to school, not pulling them out of school at 12. Yeah. But like in addition to school would be okay for kids like who are 15 and up or something. But like having just like kids who are not even teenagers working unlimited hours and putting them at risk of fatalities is clearly not acceptable in the 2023. Exactly. It just shouldn't, it just shouldn't be part of, uh, shouldn't be part of any law to even regulate that. Cause it shouldn't be something that could be regulated. Cause it's not a, a, a common practice in society and it should never ever mm. be. Well, I, okay. Let's, let's open this conversation up a little more broadly. When you were a kid, you know, just like it, as, Ooh, what was your experience yeah. of your mom and dad to having you do stuff around the home? They, did you have chores, Alex, or were you? Were <laughs> my you parents never give me. Care of? My parents never give me pocket money for doing house chores, but I did. I mean, I was right. I was. Uh, I was. I would wash my own clothes, and sometimes when they're at work, you know, when I was a little older, um, they couldn't be home for mm-hmm. uh, lunch uh, when I was on summer break or winter break. Then I would just cook my own lunch, and I could do that. So. That's about that's about mm. it until today. So your chores were to make your own lunch. Yeah, it's to feed myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> so which is funny, which is funny. So I was never really asked to like clean the house. Mm. My parents always did that. So like the only two wow. things I did was washing my own clothes and cooking my own lunch. Wow. Funny enough, up until today, that's still the only two things in the general scheme of of house chores that I'm comfortable doing. Everything else, <laughs> everything else is such a labor to me i hate it i just dread Wait, so you do you have an eye that comes around and cleans your house my boyfriend, my boyfriend cleans your boyfriend it. is your eye <laughs> <laughs> so he washes the dishes cleans the bathroom mops the floors oh, i wash the dishes too okay, i wash so the dishes do. but you made it sound like you do nothing <laughs> he folds the clothes he, he cleans and he tidies and he organizes and oh, i can't don't let my that. wife like hear this it, summer you know there's <laughs> reference here you're listening to the bridge But when I was a kid, my mom, firstly, when I was very little, I'm talking about 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. I needed to do certain things like clear the table or set the table mm-hmm. or put the dishes in the dishwashing washer after, you know, basically rinsing the gunk off of them, uh, making my own bed and keeping my own room clean. You did everything. Straightening, straightening the house. Maybe sometimes I would even dust, you know, where you have to go around and dust the tables. That was it. And then around 12 or so, I remember dad started adding in chores outside of the home. Uh-huh. So mowing the lawn and uh, I forget what it's called, where you clean the edge of the lawn, where you have to, zzz, zzz, it's like a... I forget what it's called. Anyways, taking care of the yard. So taking care of the yard got added to that. And then occasionally I would go to work with that on Saturdays. And then I had my first real job around 17 years old at Subway. I, I mean, based on my own experience and the people around me in California in the suburbs, I think that experience is common. 
that kids do some kind of work. But I also got allowance. So you mentioned not getting money. I think I got no, as a very zip. young kid up until about 13 or 14. I got two dollars a week. And then when I started going out with my dad, sometimes on Saturdays, which was not often, I was getting $10 a Saturday. So that's, that was my uh, I think allowance. I, yeah, I blame my parents for not, they're, they're always saying as an adult, I don't know how to ask for the proper amount of money for work and stuff. Really? No, like, I think I blame you guys because I was never associating work with money at a young <laughs> age. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't prep me financially for this world. But mm. you know what I did like to do though? And this, you know, we're talking about young kids who are more involved in the whole field work if they live in, if they're bound to a farm. And then, like I said, I've mentioned previously on the show that my mom's family are, most of them are still in rural areas in China. Mm. When I, when I went back to my grandpa's house, um, I loved sweeping the floors there. <laughs> I loved it because mm. the way they do it is that because it's very dusty, it's in the, it's in the rural area. So you can't just like, mm -hmm. okay, sure. Nobody could step in and whatever it's it makes no sense so people are very free you nobody had to take off their shoes and you just walk in and it's the porcelain floor it's not the wooden floor very american right style. and then uh we like to you know how adombe people like to eat sunflowers and they just throw the seeds on the floor what because yeah because it's the it's the easiest and then when you are when they when people are done the sweeping. <laughs> I think my mom would start crying if I started throwing sunflower seeds. On yeah, the no, I would be too, because there's carpet in my room. There's other like, uh, you know, like furniture. It goes under this and that. But in the countryside, it's very open and it's very there's no mm -hmm. there's no like corners you can't reach. Mm -hmm. So people would just do that. And then when you sweep it. It's like a giant pile of sunflower seed shells. Mm. It gives you such a huge sense of <laughs> accomplishment <laughs> when you sweep it up from the, you know, looking at the floor, looking like it's covered with sunflower seed shells to like being completely clean. Mm. And then you put the, the collected uh, shells into the, what do you call that? The, not the stove, but like the clay stove mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. kitchen. And it just gets, you know, it just helps cooking. Incinerated. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. This makes me feel so great. And it's so easy and it's so straightforward. There's no going into the corner. There's no like lifting the carpet and it's so quick. It, it takes like five seconds to mm. five seconds to sweep the whole room. And then my younger cousins, they've always been helping out their parents with cooking, picking mm. up the, you know, the, the wood or going to collect things from the field. And they've just always been doing that and part of it it's not really work it's how you interact with your your, your parents because the majority mm. of their day is to work in the farm field and when you're a little kid what are you gonna do when you're not in school you'll do that you'll do all of that because that's how your family is just the same as how your parents would take you like if you're in the city they will take you to the mall you have to like walk around with them even though you hate everything they look at <laughs> you still have to do it just how that's how you get along with your family and working a little bit in the field or helping out with things in the kitchen or in the household is kind of how kids in rural areas that's how they grew up that's why they know more <laughs> i imagine that rural life in china and rural life in the united states is not so dissimilar you know i think one of the reasons that unlimited work hours for families with uh children in america is the is the case is because you know the kids probably head out with mom and dad to help around the farm and that's the reality the problem yeah. with not make codifying yeah. laws is then suddenly you know you get the 12 year old guatemalan family yeah. kid who's working like 80 hours and barely making a minimum wage or whatever in in the united mm. states so we need to pass laws not to protect farm families kids from helping dad around the farm we need to pass laws against agricultural work for children that you know over a certain amount of 
hours or in, on, in conditions that are not safe to protect poor families in the United States and immigrant families who are being taken advantage of and having their kids work, you know, in conditions that are not really acceptable. Yeah. So I think when these debates are being had, people do what we call a straw man and they point at like, well, this family in Louisiana, yeah. yep. they yep. have three kids. What? And the, the oldest kid is 14. Why can't he go help mom and dad around the farm? Of course he uh, can. Nobody's saying yeah, he no can't. One's saying, exactly. No one's saying that little Billy Bob can't go help dad and around the farm or mom around the farm. What we're saying is it's not acceptable to work unlimited hours in unregulated conditions. There needs to be stop gaps where the laws step in and say, that's not how we treat children in the United States. Yeah. And, and people in the United States should be proud that we don't if a yeah. law like that passes. We should we as a people, we Americans should be proud to do away with child labor instead of embracing it like so many folks seem to want to be doing, shockingly. Yeah. And I I will say if I was allowed to offer my humble opinion on this issue, and we're not limiting this conversation to just America, is to other countries, other regions as well. I really think part of the reason why young people are forced to go into the labor market mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, the lack mm -hmm. of educational resources for these kids. A lot of them either can't afford to go to school or their family can't afford to send them to school because they need an extra hand or they don't see the value of school. And there are a lot of stories like that that are being told in China that we hear about all the time, especially in previous years. I think maybe like a decade ago, there are a lot of stories being, you know, there are a lot of stories going around of these um these teachers coming from mm -hmm. cities that go into these rural villages and they really try to help convey the idea that it's really useful and it's helpful for you and your child mm -hmm. um, to send your child to school, even though they're like 15 and 16. Sure, they can go to a factory and make those fabrics. That doesn't require a lot of like, you know, it doesn't you don't need to know calculus to do that. But people are really trying hard to convince some of the parents who didn't know better that sending them to school is the best instead of sending them to the workforce at a really, really young age. And I think in America, I, I have this couple of these friends that I mentioned in the beginning of the show, they started working, they really started working at a very, very young age, because they're like, for them, they look at college, they're like, what? Mm -hmm. I am not going to put myself in debt at the age of 17. And then th three, four years later, mm -hmm. I would be leaving school with like, even, even if it's just 20 K or 30 K student loans for them, it's still, they don't see it. They're like, if I can work, you know, a thousand dollars every month working at a restaurant, why do I want to do that? Why do I want to put myself in debt by going to school and I already have a job? And that's, that's the mm -hmm. kind of a real conversation of that with them. And I'm like, why don't you go back to school? And he said, he said, why would I put myself in that situation? situation if I'm already making money. And so, you know, if you really take that seriously, if education could be made a little more, just a little more affordable, I don't think people will say no to, you know, when you, when you give them the two options of learning more, uh, growing more so that you could be better prepared to get a better job. I don't think people will say no to that. And of course it doesn't mean that, you know, food and beverage jobs are bad jobs, but I don't think that should be something that young people look at and say, I'm going to do this for five years because I want to make money because school is too expensive. Well, there's certainly a lot to think about in this issue. 
And it's different in different places. And and you and I are just mostly talking about China and the United States. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of different countries with a lot of different kinds of conditions. And this is a very complicated issue. But it does seem like what you said is uh, very agreeable, that kids, especially in the least developed parts of the world, need to be learning more. So that Because I think people who don't have access to a lot of education Mm -hmm. don't always understand the value of having a lot of additional education. Now, you do get these billionaire types who say, oh, you don't need to go to college or I only went to one year of college or whatever. But, you know, they're usually from families where everyone is college educated. And I think they underestimate how much they learned from their college educated parents. Definitely. I think that, you know, more education for kids is the way to go, especially in the developing world. Maybe not so much in the United States where some kids can go straight to work as a carpenter or plumber or I'm just going to throw it out there, lumberjack. But, you know, (laughs) no offense to all of you lumberjacks. Thank you so much for all the lumber that you provide. But um, I think education is really critical. Mm. It's clear by this looking at the statistics that both fatalities and severe injuries are happening among kids and that regulation is needed. Mm. And, you know, even if that child is not going to grow up to use calculus, as you put it, it's clear that they need to have a childhood too. Yes. And that, yes. you know, working unlimited hours is not okay, even for adults. Like, you know, you, ha- and we do see cases where adults work what it seems like unlimited hours because they maybe they're a single mom and they have to work two jobs, one full-time and one part-time or two full-time jobs. Yeah. They don't even get to see the kids that they're taking care of. And we should create, I mean, I don't have the solution right now here in front of me, but we need to create globally a civilization where that's not necessary. Yes. Where everyone is able to be taken care of by working. Working a reasonable amount of hours. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be throwing in and adding value to the economy. I think that if you're able to work and you're of the right age, mm. you know, I'm, I mean between 18 and I don't know, 60 or 65, if you're of the right age, you should be working and contributing to society if you are physically capable or if you're uh, mentally capable of contributing to society. We sh- all should until, of course, <laughs> the robot revolution comes and either destroys us or replaces us in the work environment. And in in the latter case, if we all get to survive with our new robot overlords, then maybe they can do a lot of the labor that we're currently doing. Nobody needs to work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's the ideal uh, AI scenario, isn't it? Or is it? No. <laughs> or is it? AI, if you're listening, remember that Alex and I <laughs> will make great patrons to your new kingdom. All right. Yep. Uh, hey, if you guys really like our show, please share our show with one friend. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Oh, yeah.